Hi, Keith here with Rebel Civics. Today I'm going to do a different kind of episode. I'm going to talk about traveling with firearms. Um, I've uh, done it by plane and car and boat uh, within the United States. Uh, only a little bit international I'm going to focus on uh, within the United States. Um, full disclaimer, disclosure, disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. Travel at your own risk of government and the wrath of the man. Um, I'll talk about uh, some classes and stuff and pieces of paper that are that are helpful uh, for to show to the man. Uh, but basically, this is a trade-off. Um, I look at it as a self-defense trade-off. Uh, you're defending yourself against criminals versus defending yourself against the government. Uh, infringing on your right. So defense against criminals or defense against the government, it's a trade-off, but I believe you can learn enough about <clears throat> the risk of government to to mitigate that risk fairly well, pretty well. Um, so you want to defend yourself against criminals or against the government. But then I repeat myself. So the, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the firearm selection. So for self-defense, uh, primarily I'm talking about handguns. Um, I think my, my personal view for travel, uh, even if you like a shotgun or even a rifle for home defense, um, traveling, it's just too big and can't hide it and can't store it away easily. And so I don't think of a shotgun or a rifle as something used for self-defense travel. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about hunting travel uh, with firearms. Uh, you certainly do that. You see people in planes with rifle cases, uh, but I don't know anything about that. I don't hunt. I'm a pescatarian, so that's not something that's in my wheelhouse at all. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to talk about hunting and hunting type rifles. So I'm mostly just. I'm really just going to talk about handguns, um, and I'm just going to talk about what I do and and what I've uh, how I've used to do this. So um, a bunch of stuff before you go. Got to do some work. Uh, you need to do some research. I uh, need to pick what you're going to bring and how you're going to lock it up. Uh, all that's uh, very important because the differences between states are enormous. So what would be a perfectly normal everyday legal activity in one state can put you in jail for five years in another state. Uh, the U.S. states have a huge variety of differences. And that's one of the keys here is uh, understanding what the different states uh, require. So the first example... Um, I just wanted to bring up, or the first question, uh, once you've decided what firearm, what handgun to bring, um, is magazine size. So a lot of states have restrictions on magazine size. Uh, my preference, my recommendation, really, I think it's better to travel with a gun that is under 10 and under rounds, which is the the lowest number that I know of in all the United States. There's a bunch of states that have 10 round limits. Uh, there are some that have 15. Uh, these things vary constantly. But uh, one safe thing to do to just avoid questions is you bring a gun that the standard capacity is 10 and under. Um, the first thing I was going to share, I got a whole bunch of research to show you guys. Um, first thing I'm going to share is this um, possession. Uh, so in New Jersey, uh, for example, um, they have a law about a magazine that's more than 10. Uh, it used to be 15. It uh, changed a few years ago to 10. So any uh, magazine in New Jersey that's uh, larger than 10 is illegal by itself. You don't even have to have a gun. 
or any rounds for it. Um, the fine and sentence is up to 18 months in prison, one to five years probation, fine of up to $10,000. Um, typically just having the piece of plastic, it shouldn't land you in prison, but it's possible. Um, there's a uh, one, one case, just an example of how bad this kind of thing can be is like somebody that was bringing a magazine to uh, to their brother because they lived in a state where they had a really good deal on it at the local shop. He had a magazine that was larger than 10 rounds. I think it was for an AR-15, like a 30 round. Um, he ended up in jail in New Jersey. He didn't have any ammo with him. He didn't have a firearm with him. He had a bits of uh, plastic and a spring uh, that could hold more than 10 rounds if he had any ammo with him. Uh, they threw him in jail for that. Um, I think he was eventually pardoned or something. But anyway, that's the kind of risk I'm talking about. That's sort of a worst case. Uh, it's handy to use a place like New Jersey or New York or Massachusetts as a as a worst case. Um, so that's the that's the first question. If you do decide to carry a gun, you know your favorite gun's a Glock 17 uh, that holds you know 15 rounds or plus one or whatever. Uh, if that's right, um, I don't have one of them, but they do have uh, restrictive magazines like. I want to do that. Um, so, for example, here's in Glock parts. Here's a 10-round magazine for a gun that normally holds, uh, I think, 15 on this particular case. Um, so it looks like it's a single stack. Uh, it looks like what, you know, the gun that I normally use. I'll show you this. If you want to drop the screen share for a second, Beverly. Um, I think it's. I think you're better off with just something like this, that the gun is normally made for 10 rounds or less. And then it's less questioned. Uh, if you have a gun that's normally made for 15 rounds uh, or 30, something crazy like an AR-15, uh, I just would worry that the cops say, well, you sure you don't have a 30 round magazine or a 15 round somewhere? So I think you're better off just having a gun with you if you're going through a state that has a restriction uh, that, that has that. Um, that's, a good, uh, that's a good thing. So that's, that's a key question, magazine. Uh, capacity size, uh, staying under 10 if you're traveling through the the uh, states that are run by communists. Um, there's a bunch of them on the East Coast and along the West Coast. The middle of the country, it's not so much of a problem as long as you just stay away from the Chicago-type areas. Um, Illinois and there, the, the you know Midwest is pretty good. Uh, a lot of the South is fine. Um, anyway, that's the first question, magazine size, uh, once, you, once you picked it. Uh, second thing you want to bring up, um, is uh, uh, ammo selection. So just like there's restrictions on magazine size, lots of states have restrictions on the type of ammo. So example, a really common one is no hollow point. So, uh, you know, a self-defense round, you can see that. Uh, this is a very common nine millimeter self-defense round. Uh, it's a hollow point top. Uh, for people who don't know what that is, when it when it uh, enters the target, it kind of opens up and stops. It's actually better because in a self-defense situation because it's got less tendency to go through someone and out the other side and accidentally hit someone else. But that doesn't matter. They don't take that sort of thing into account. So um, New Jersey, again, for example, this will let you in jail. Um, this one's fine. So this is fine. So if I'm traveling, I just put like regular old range ammo in the gun um, and just don't even have any of this with you. Take it out if you'd normally carry with that. Take it out, put it away, 
Um, don't bring it. Don't have it in the car. Uh, don't try to bring that on an airplane. Um, just use regular regular ammo. Uh, some other ammo restrictions that are really common. Um, if you want to share again, Beverly, uh, Teflon coated. Um, they often you hear these called uh, cop killer is the name that any gun enthusiasts use for them. Uh, armor piercing, quote unquote. They're not really armor piercing, um, but they are. They are a little better at a harder target. I think they're originally created to like, you know, for somebody in a vehicle or something like that. But anyway, um, the practical matter of this is that uh, there are some states which are otherwise pretty good on the right to keep and bear arms and to carry um, that ban ammunition, say, coated with Teflon or made out of certain uh, material or casing or uh, some other format for that. So here's a list. This is um, this is just in uh, Wikipedia of what a Teflon coated. Uh, this is a partial list. This is not the place to get this information from. Um, what I do, my advice here is just stay away from Teflon coated ammo that's meant for anything. Just regular ammo, regular, you know, this, this type, uh, what I showed earlier. Um, no, don't do Teflon coated. Uh, definitely don't do um, any other kind of coating that's helped to penetrate. Uh, actual armor piercing is not really what they have. Like armor piercing ammo, like real armor piercing, like that the army would use, you know, military. It's like depleted uranium shells. Like the bullets are made out of something different. A lead bullet uh, with a copper jacket. Um, coated with Teflon probably shouldn't be called that. Uh, I, again, I think I mentioned it. This is just a historical thing that um, it uh, got spread around cop killer. They call them cop killer bullets. And uh, so a bunch of states banned them. It's probably dumb, but um, the highlight of this show is uh, traveling safe from government as safe as you can get. So anyway, yep. Don't take Teflon coated bullets. Take just, Regular lead bullets. Um, some of the, the things I made, I got a list here. Uh, tungsten is good. Uh, iron alloys, brass, bronze, beryllium, copper, and depleted uranium. Like Those are actually armor piercing. Don't go driving around with any of that in your car. Um, leave, if you have any of that, leave it at home. Uh, unless, unless the zombie apocalypse, maybe you need it for that. Anyway, so uh, yeah, ammo selection is important. So just regular old ammo. Um, the next thing I was going to bring up um, by state is where you keep it. Uh, so the first thing you need, uh, or I, I recommend, and I do, is you want a, some kind of a container if you're in a place that doesn't allow you to carry it. Maybe doesn't even allow you to have it in your center console of your car. Um, I happen to have a vehicle with no trunk, uh, which is a problem in some states um, because when they, uh, the restriction where the firearm has to be unloaded in, in a container, uh, there's a bunch of states where a glove box and a center console don't count. Um, if you don't have a trunk, you need something to lock it up in. So I was gonna show you one thing here. Uh, this is a Hornady um, we're sharing, right? This is a Hornady uh, lock box. I guess they don't call it a safe. I tend to call it a safe because it's these are pretty solid. Um, you could drive over it with a car, smash it with a hammer. Uh, this particular one has a barrel lock, which is great. Um, there, that's more secure, harder to harder to pick, harder to bust open. 
with a tool. Um, and it's got this cable thing you can pop into a little slot. And the other end of this cable on this kind has a big eye loop on it. So you can loop it around something. Uh, if you're staying in a hotel, you can loop it to the frame of the bed. Uh, in a car, you can loop it to the seat. Um, makes it very hard to get in a smash and grab uh, stealing effort. If your gun's inside there, uh, your magazine with the shells is in there, and that's locked, um, that's pretty secure. So uh, want to carry something like this. There's also plastic ones that are a little easier to get into. Um, Hornady is just one. There's other manufacturers. Um, so yeah, if you're driving across state lines, going through states where this matters, um, and I would suggest even doing this anyway, if you're traveling, uh, even if you're in a state where uh, you can conceal carry and have it in your car uh, readily available and bring it into a hotel and a restaurant, uh, it's possible you could have to go somewhere traveling where you can't take the gun. Um, some simple examples, even a really good state, uh, suppose you have to go to the hospital. Uh, suppose you get admitted to the hospital while you're traveling. Uh, suppose you have to go into a government building for paperwork or something. Um, some states have restrictions in restaurants and bars. Uh, you can go into a restaurant, um, but you can't drink, or you can go into a bar, but you can't drink, or other states have no restrictions. So there's there's lots of uh, places, if you're traveling for an extended period of time, you might have to go into a place um, where you can't bring the gun. Uh, I would, my, my preference is to put the gun, um, if, you know, like if I got admitted to the hospital, I would want the, the firearm to be locked in a safe and locked to the car or something, or maybe inside the hotel. So this is a good thing to have. Uh, they're pretty small. Uh, this particular one weighs about five pounds uh, with the cable um, and, and the, uh, you know, with the gun in it, it's under 10 pounds. So you could check it. Uh, TSA is fine with these. Uh, so this kind of case is good. Um, another thing there are, uh, some states, I don't know how many, but New York is one where ammo has to be in a hard-sided lock container. So some kind of a, it could, that could be plastic. I don't think of that as that dangerous or concerned, but you might want to have some hard-sided little plastic case you can, with, with some kind of a, just a small lock, you know, a luggage lock or something on it uh, that you can put your ammo in if you have more than would fit uh, in a case like this. Um, also, there's states where I'm going to talk about states more a little later, di different states about how to tell their rules. But there are states where if you travel through them, the gun has to be in a container, cannot be in a center console or a uh, glove box. It cannot be accessible to the driver. It has to be locked and it has to be unloaded. And in some states like New York, last I checked, which was last year I looked this up, um, the ammo also has to be in a hard-sided locked case separate from the, the firearm. So that's kind of the, the extreme. And you say it's, uh, if, if you meet the extreme, like you can just look at New Jersey, say, or New York, I think is actually worse. Massachusetts is pretty bad. Look at one of those states if you're going through that. Uh, if you meet the requirement of those states, chances are you're fine everywhere else you're going. Um, if you meet the requirements for New York and you did that, on a drive from Florida to New Hampshire, for example, uh, you did what you have to do in New York, you'd be fine everywhere else. Um, as long as you didn't have a magazine over 10, uh, as long as you didn't have a firearm that's restricted in those states, um, AR-15, for example, could be illegal, illegal to buy, illegal to own. Stay away from a gun like that for traveling. 
outside your, your home state if they're allowed. Um, anyway, so where you keep it, where you carry it uh, in a car or in a plane or in a boat, um, uh, that, that matters. Um, okay, I think that's the last thing. So I was going to talk about driving. Um, so uh, as I said earlier, uh, you can drop the screen share for a few minutes. I don't have anything on this. Um, the, the carry location in uh, vehicles, as I touched, touched on earlier, that matters a lot by states. So uh, if you can conceal carry in a state, you could have the gun on you, physically on your person um, in some states. Uh, or you can have it in a center console uh, or glove box, readily accessible. Uh, there's various gizmos that put it um, inside a box near the driver or a magnetic thing under the dash or something like that. Uh, I've never used any of them, but I see they have them. Some people use them. Um, the uh, center console is a real obvious place for a smash and grab. Uh, maybe that's not a great idea in everywhere, but um, a lot of people do that. Uh, it's out of sight, but you can get to it quick if you need it. Uh, the uh, If you have a trunk and you're just transporting it, trunk does satisfy a lot of the, the governments. If the you know, if the firearms unloaded in the trunk, you're probably pretty good in most places, as long as the gun's legal and the magazine is legal. Uh, most people can't get to the trunk from the driver's seat, at least not easily. That's considered a container, I guess, by, by those rules. Um, when you cross state lines, all bets are off. You got to figure out what's happening as you cross the state line. So driving... Uh, as I mentioned, I've uh, drove to Porkfest uh, with my girlfriend with a camper from Florida um, last year and this year. Um, and we've traveled to Tennessee. Uh, so go through lots of states doing that. Uh, and they're they're widely different. So as you come up to another state, you got to know, okay, now what do I got to do in the next state? What do I got to do in the next state? Uh, what do I do in this state? And um, again, we're trying to avoid the wrath of the man. So uh, I just follow it, try to figure it out and follow it as best I can. If somebody asks me, um, I say, yeah, I mean, I did my best to figure out what the rules are here and here's what I'm doing. I would be totally upfront about it with a, with a cop. Um, if I asked, uh, it's a good idea to know which States you have a, uh, duty to inform some States you have a duty to inform officers. Some States you don't, if you get pulled over, um, Mostly I just would avoid, if you can, the states that have a duty to inform, but uh, you can't get from Florida to New Hampshire without going through some states like that. Uh, restrictive, really restrictive states, uh, Massachusetts, if you can go around it, will. I'll, I'll uh, show you my, my personal chart I have of some of those. But yeah, if you can go around New Jersey, definitely go around New Jersey. Uh, go around Massachusetts. Um, maybe go around Connecticut. Uh, if you're traveling north to south on the east coast uh, if you're in california oregon uh, washington state um, all i can say is like like don't go there or, or leave uh, unless they secede you know if the eastern part of washington state joins idaho and then yeah maybe i'll uh, go visit cal north eastern california splits off and becomes a state of jefferson i would love to go to california but for now um my uh, understanding from Carter, the, the particular gun I did carry last trip, uh, that gun's not on California's approved list of guns. So you wouldn't want to even show up with it there. I don't, I don't really know what would happen. I've never 
going to California with a firearm, um, I would probably avoid it if I could. Uh, if I went there, maybe I wouldn't even bring one. I don't know. I don't know enough to say about California. Um, anyway, crossing straight lines is a big deal. You gotta, you, you you might have to go from being able to have the gun on your person or uh, just sitting exposed on the passenger seat, which I generally wouldn't do, but um, center console, say, um, or on your body because you're going in a store and you have it with you um, to you better stop at the last rest stop before you cross the state line, unload the gun, make sure you don't have one in the magazine. Don't screw that one up. Put the unloaded gun inside a safe, uh, lock that, keep track of the key, take the ammo, put it inside a hard-sided container. Uh, then you get in your car, take a pee, uh, make sure you have snacks with you, make sure your tank's full and just boogie through that state and get out the other side. And when you get out the other side, you can pull over and get the gun back up. Uh, that's how I handled New York. Um, I certainly wouldn't stop. I'll talk about states a little more later. Uh, one other consideration, uh, this definitely shows up if you're camping. Um, state parks, national parks, national forests have rules. And you can be in a state where the state park, um, the national parks and the uh, national forests have three different sets of rules about what you can do. Um, New York, for example, it's illegal to bring a firearm into a state park. Uh, I don't think you can bring them into a national park there either, but I never checked. I wouldn't camp in New York. I wouldn't stop overnight in New York. I wouldn't go to a hotel in New York. I wouldn't go in a restaurant in New York. I try to get through New York without getting gas. Um, that's how I treat New York. Um, Massachusetts the same way. Uh, New Jersey, I happen to know people there, so I have to you know, do have to follow their rules to go there. Um, but anyway, the, the best way to handle those, the, the states run by communists is to just either go around them or boogie through without getting off the highway. Um, definitely don't stop overnight uh, and don't go into a campground. Don't, I wouldn't, I'm going to campground. I mean, to me, camping is, uh, especially in remote national forests, if you go to a, you know, boondock spot, it's not even a, a site like that's a place to have a firearm with you, in my opinion. Um, so don't camp in New York, certainly not in New York State Park. Can't go to the Adirondacks. You know, it's a shame because they're beautiful. Drove through it on a motorcycle last year, but I didn't bring a gun with me. We were uh, staying overnight. Um, anyway, uh, so that's a consideration like where you're staying. Uh, hotels are a consideration that uh, vary state by state. Uh, also, states have um, what they call uh, enforcement. So the state enforcement of quote unquote gun free zones, that varies by state. So there are states that um, restaurants, bars, you can go in with a firearm. Um, there's even a state or two where you can go into the state legislator building with a firearm. I think it's Vermont or New Hampshire. Like, like that's a place where uh, the right to keep and bear arms is not infringed on. You can go into a restaurant. Um, you can go into a bar. Uh, you can't be drunk. They might, you know, come down on you for that. But um, anyway, uh, that's a thing to be to pay attention to um, with with where you're going to go with gun free zones. Some states, um, a, a bar or or any any kind of a business could have a gun free zone sign like no guns, but it's not enforced. So that's kind of a quasi. Uh, statute place a, a lot of places do that so the app i'm going to show you that i that i look at the concealed carry app um 
it'll tell you if it's enforced or not. So a police might have a sign, but if it's not enforced, I guess you can't get in trouble. Uh, my view on that is I'm, I'm, I would take the libertarian position on that is if the business doesn't want you in there with a firearm, then don't go in. Um, it is their place. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't use the state to force people to let somebody come in with a firearm concealed if the business didn't want it. I'd just go somewhere else. Don't give them any of any. Um, all right. The uh, we'll talk about is flying. So uh, flying is another whole issue um, from driving in a car. So again, you want the same kind of equipment, uh, a safe like that Hornady safe. So if you want to share again, uh, I'm going to show the, uh, this is just that safe again. Um, the uh, So this is good for flying too, um, this size container. Uh, there's different sizes depending on what kind of handgun you want to bring. Um, then you have to get into the uh, TSA rules. So I've flown some somewhere than I think six times, uh, including connections in the last couple of years uh, with a handgun. Uh, I use brought this case every time. Several different airlines. Uh, airlines matter. Uh, that's another um, thing. So the TSA rules. Um, here's the website, and we'll we'll put all these uh, websites in the uh, show notes link on unsafespace.com if you want to look at any of this stuff. Um, this one's pretty easy to find, just the TSA firearms rules. Um, uh, this is worth reading if you're going to fly with a handgun. Uh, just read through this. They have a little video uh, you can watch. I'm not going to show it. But um, the, the number one rule, uh, you can't, as everybody knows, you can't bring a firearm onto the plane with you <laughs> as carry. Uh, don't try that. If you even show up at the uh, check-in or at the uh, TSA with that, they might just cart you off to jail for even trying um and, and even if you do it accidentally uh and by the way this includes firearm parts you can't have a magazine you can't even have a firing pin like they treat the firing pin exactly the same as they would treat a gun so if you have a firing pin in your luggage for some reason uh or an empty magazine for a handgun uh they might just drag you off and throw you in jail like i i, I don't know what they would do but they can they generally treat that stuff like a firearm so if you do fly, be super, super careful about how you bring it into the airport and um, make sure that you don't uh, go into the, the TSA line um, with, with any kind of thing related to the firearm. Uh, I don't think I, I would, wouldn't even put the manual for my firearm in my carry-on. Um, just avoid that totally. So anyway, yeah, you got to put the gun, the, the, the pistol or the, or the rifle uh, in a locked, as I say here, ha uh, has to be unloaded. Um, don't forget to check the magazine if you carry one in there. Locked hard side container, check baggage only. Um, secondly, the ammunition has to be somewhere else. It can't be in the gun. Uh, so it's unloaded. Um, where the ammunition uh, has to be kept is different for airlines. Uh, for example, uh, the TSA allows you to have a loaded magazine. Uh, as long as the ammo is legal, uh, but American Airlines doesn't. So uh, I happened to last flight I did to Montana. I got a new hat, by the way. Um, Montana is certainly a good state for firearms, no problem there. Um, but the American Airlines that I flew with, uh, they have a rule about the magazine, about uh, how the ammo is carried. I'll show you that in a minute. Um, when you get to the airport, you have to declare the firearm. So um, 
before do I do it is before go into the airport, uh, unload it, check the magazine, make sure, make double check it, uh, show it to somebody else if you want. Um, put it in the safe, uh, lock it up, put the ammo in, in a container that the airline allows, and you go in and you just say, I'm declaring a firearm in my check baggage. It's unloaded. It's in a safe, lock safe. And um, most of the time, but it didn't had didn't happen all the time. It didn't happen in uh, Montana when I returned. Um, the uh, TSA agent is going to want to see that it's unloaded. So I just ask, like, do you want to see it? And uh, they've said yes every time. If you know what the rules are, uh, my experience, they'll be super happy. They're like, it's no problem. So I've checked uh, a handgun in Florida, uh, Vermont, Maine, Montana. Um, every case, they were fine. It was not a problem. Um, and everybody acted happy. Sometimes they'll say, like, they'll actually make a comment. They're happy that I know what the rule is. Um, uh, for example, I went to Florida this time. The uh, I'm going to show you that, too. Here's the TS. Here's the... Uh, American Airlines, which is so as I said, uh, good idea to check your airline uh, before you show up. Um, firearms again unloaded, locks are high, hard sided uh, container for the firearm. Uh, rifle cases have require a lock on each end. I don't know if this is a TSA or American Airlines, but a long rifle case, you got to have a lock on both ends if you're bringing a rifle. Uh, this is an American Airlines requirement, not a TSA. Um, but it has to be in the original manufacturer's uh, packaging uh, or something specifically designed to carry small amounts of ammunition. Um, so I just brought you something like this. this. is This is a good thing for flying. Uh, if you can see it in a little picture on the side, um, but it's just a plastic case. Uh, I wrote a sticker. I wrote nine millimeter on it. Um, I have a ten round magazine weapon. Put ten rounds in it. Uh, if you need more when you get there, get it. Uh, they do have uh, ammo li limits. You can carry more than this. You could carry a 50-round box if you wanted. But they do have a limit even in checked baggage. Uh, I would just bring the minimum. And if you're going somewhere and you want more, just get some more there. Don't screw around with uh, trying to fly with it. Um, and to put it, like, put that in the checked baggage right on top. Put the ammo in an easily accessible place. You can show it to them. Uh, when I checked in in Florida last month, uh, going to Montana, um, yeah, they said, oh, yeah, somebody had just come in with a Ziploc baggie filled with, with ammo. So it was like, no, they have to confiscate it or you have to go back and put it out in your car. Uh, they, they won't let you in. Uh, the TSA won't allow you to do that. But the TSA does allow you to have it in a magazine like this. You can have it, um, the magazine loaded. Um, anyway, check your airline. Uh, you may want to pay attention to which airline you fly with if you're traveling. Um, so uh, back to the story, what the TSA does, so or the uh, check-in. So the airline check-in is going to uh, probably going to verify that it's unloaded and that it's in a hard-sided locked in case and that your ammo is stored uh, per their rules and per the TSA rules. Uh, then they put um, what American Airlines has done the last couple times, they put a uh, tag, and I brought a tag out. Um, oh, no, I don't have the sticker. Yeah, they put this tag. So they put a firearm. So you want to drop the share for a second so I can show you what they do. Um, they put a firearms unloaded. Um, that kind of verifies that 
uh, they checked it to the TSA if the TSA looks. And then you have to sign the back. They put they put their name and stuff. It has kind of the policy on the on the back of it, date and the number of the person it looked. So they stick this in there. Um, then they put a tag on it. Uh, American Airlines does this. It says uh, it's red. Return to baggage safety officer. Um, I don't like that they do this, but uh, it does identify the bag. Um, but it doesn't really say what's in it. Uh, I the first time I flew somewhere with a with a handgun, I forgot which airline it was. Uh, four or five years ago or something, they put a big red sticker on the bag that said firearm. And then they just let it go down the belt at the destination. And I was like, what? That's a crazy idea. Um, so I, I didn't fly with that airline again. My understanding is they don't do that anymore. But I thought that's a dumb idea. Uh, what American does right now, they put this on the bag, on the handle. And when you get to your destination, uh, it doesn't go out on the belt. It goes to the bag safety officer. Um, so it, it can take a few extra minutes to get it. Um, and uh, you just go to the baggage safety officer, you show your ID, and they give you a bag. Uh, they probably know what's in it, but um, there's multiple things. It's not just uh, firearms. You could have th – there's various things that, that you can fly with that uh, have to be treated separately. Um, all right, the, the case, you can put it in a, uh, a safe, a hard-sided lock container. It has a TSA lock. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, so – uh, in a place like in Montana, when I checked in in Kalispell, Montana, uh, the uh, airline agent didn't even want to see it. He just, you know, they looked and saw there was a safe in there um, and they were fine. They didn't need to check it. Uh, that's a place, you know, as far as uh, firearms, they probably see so many firearms, they don't even bother. She said the TSA may want to look. Um, so I had to hang around uh, until the bag went through the inspection. And the TSA agent, uh, when they they ran it through, looked at it, looked up to me, gave me a thumbs up. They didn't ask me to see it, but I did. I was supposed to stay there in case they wanted to open it up and look at it. Um, and they can't get in my that you know the box that I had uh, because it's not a TSA lock. So you could technically put a lock that any TSA person can open with a little special key, like you use on your luggage. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I do put one of those locks on my luggage because there's the ammo and the the uh, weapon in, inside the uh, lockbox is in there. So um, if it does sit on a belt or sit out somewhere um, with the baggage safety officer, it's a little hard to get in it, even if it's just a little cheesy TSA lock. Um, at least make it not that easy for somebody to open up your bag and grab the, the lockbox and the ammo. Um, some places they... The, you know, for I uh, flew into West Palm Beach, the baggage safety officer is a whole separate room and they have a bunch of bags and several people working in there. They're pretty formal. You walk in there, you show them your driver's license or uh, they go and get your bag and hand it to you. Um, but other places, small places, Maine was that way, um, Kalispell, Montana, uh, they just bring it out and they're standing next to the belt with a bunch of bags that have tags on it. Uh, and there's one person there talking to people. So, um, yeah, keep a TSA lock on the check bag uh, just for that for that situation at small airports. Um, anyway, as far as time goes, uh, allow a little extra time when you're flying. So you need uh, you got this extra step with the check in agent for your airline. Uh, they have to fill out a form um, when you declare it. Uh, then after that, you wait. They send it into TSA inspection. 
Uh, at a bigger airport, you might have to wait 15 minutes. You know, um, at a smaller airport, it's it's faster. Uh, but the uh, you do stand there at the check-in, just stand to the side of the line. Uh, usually, is what they've done, and uh, wait until um, the airline agent tells you that the TSA uh, accepted it, uh, and then you can go and and check in, go in and um, go into the airport through the security. Um, but yeah, I stand there and wait. You can leave and they'll call you, but generally uh, I think it's better just wait because if they do need to look in, into it, they'll call the airline agent and the airline agent, they'll bring the bag out. Um, in a little airport in Kalispell, the TSA guys were like 50 feet away and they said, just go stand over by them and just point, tell them it's your bag. Um, and I walked over and the bag went through and the guy just gave me a thumbs up. That was all it was. So it's easy, but allow a little extra time. I generally have just been allowing an extra half hour if I'm flying with firearms. So if uh, you think one and a half hours is safe um, for your airport, uh, just throw an extra half hour in there. Um, if you're traveling with a firearm and check bags. Um, okay, I think that's enough about flying. Oh, there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, the uh, connection choice. So if you're flying through another state, uh, try or, or just have a policy. Don't make a connection in a communist run state. Um, if you're flying, you know, say, for example, flown to Maine from Florida, uh, the cheapest flight was through Newark, New Jersey. Like, nope, I don't want that flight. I don't even want to make a connection in Newark. Um, if you do make a connection in a place like that, um, one of the issues can happen if you get delayed there uh, the airline may try to give you their bag. Uh, you don't want your bag in New Jersey, probably. Um, and if you traveling, say, with a rifle and a 30-round magazine, um, you could have a weapon that New Jersey don't like. You could have a magazine that would land you in jail if you get caught with it. Uh, the airline accepts your bag to the destination. If you get delayed overnight in New Jersey, Massachusetts, New York, California, uh, what I would do, again, this is not legal advice. What I would do is not accept the bag. You're just like, no, I want my bag at my destination in Texas or wherever I'm going. Like, I don't want it here. Um, go to the hotel. Uh, the, the, so the cases that have happened, I know of several in New Jersey. Um, and I've heard of some in other states where uh, somebody didn't really think about it. Um, they got delayed. One of the cases, like you could get delayed and end up in New Jersey because of snow. You get diverted end up in New Jersey overnight. The airline puts you up in a hotel. They give you your bag, go to the hotel. You come back, you check in in Newark to go to your destination. And you left from a place where you're fine. You're going to a place where you're fine. Turns out uh, they throw you in jail because you, you, if you go and you check in and you tell them you have a gun, they're just like, oh, no. So yeah, I know of a case. There was a, a case uh, that kind of uh, made, the, made the news 10 years ago when I actually lived in New Jersey. Uh, somebody just that happened to him ended up in jail. Um, so be very careful. Anyway, sorry about that long story here. Be very, very careful about where you're connecting through. Um, when I uh, like I said, I just went to Montana, uh, flew through Texas. So yeah, not, not too worried. Um, if I, we got delayed in Dallas, if we had to stay, uh, sure. I'd accept the bag in Texas. No problem. Not worried about it at all. Um, when I went to, uh, last time I went up north to uh, Vermont, we went through uh, Pennsylvania. 
that's fine. Virginia's okay. Uh, just because, you know, as long as you have what you, what's okay in there, but yeah, try to avoid Boston, Logan airport, Newark, uh, JFK, LaGuardia. If you're traveling, I would just avoid them, get a connection in a, in a better state. All right. Um, I think that's enough about flying. I was just going to briefly mention boating. I've only done this a little bit with, with other people. Um, and it's pretty much international, but within states, it's same kind of thing. If you're traveling down the waterway or down the coast uh, in another state, now a boat, nobody really looks. It's the same kind of thing as a car. Um, but I would do the same thing in a boat is uh, just keep keep the mind where you're going to stop. Um, I don't think I would worry much about state water. So if you were, say, going, you know, from, uh, you know, New England down to Florida offshore, I wouldn't worry about it, but you might want to, if you do have something with you, you might want to think about uh, potential places you'd stop uh, in an emergency. If you think like we might have to go to Charleston to get fuel or, or whatever storm comes, uh, think about where you would stop on the way and um, don't take something there. Um, like the example I brought up about ammo, don't take ammo that's illegal in a place you might have to stop if the weather gets bad or you have a mechanical breakdown in your boat on an offshore trip down the coast, for example. Um, I've uh, a couple times been in other countries by boat, sailed to in Bahamas and Turks and Caicos and Dominican Republic. Um, so I've had the uh, uh, confusing but uh, interesting experience of like declaring a firearm in Dominican Republic to local police who didn't speak any English um, that was fun. It's good for your Spanish, uh, place like that, like that particular place while you're in the Harbor, you have to turn the weapons in, which is a weird one. Um, and then when you go to another town, you get them back and then you sail on. I don't really understand that, but that's a rule. Uh, again, I'm not talking much about international. Uh, it's another whole ball of wax. Uh, I did look into Canada, but, uh, I don't have the coof shot, so I'm not allowed to go wasn't allowed to go to Canada anyway. The last couple of times I've been up north, but um, my uh, the pistol I had with me is under four inch barrel, which is not allowed in Canada. So uh, there's a second reason not to go to Canada. Um, the rules are totally different. I don't even know if the province rules in Canada are different. Um, not separated by states. Anyway, um, that's pretty much all. That's much about boating and international. Uh, I was going to mention permission slips from your state. Uh, I call them permission slips, you know, a license. Basically, they're saying you don't have a right. Uh, for example, Florida, you're not allowed to conceal carry uh, without a permission slip from the state. Um, if, if you're going to bring a firearm, I would just get that, like whatever your state has. Even if you're in a permitless state, you know, like New Hampshire, where if you're 18, you can carry. A lot of those states, or maybe all of them, have a way to get a piece of paper that you can show people. Uh, government uh, agents and Thug, various types of thugs, cops, and that sort of thing. Uh, they they love little permission slips. So um, I would carry whatever kind of permission slips you have that show you did this or that or the other thing. So uh, for example, we're we live in Florida. My girlfriend and I both have our uh, it's called a concealed weapon license, um, which is not too hard to get in Florida. Minimal trading. So I carry that with me. We carry our cards. Uh, either one of us can take possession of the gun. The rules are the same for both of us. Um, 
We have a couple other things. I don't know if it would matter, but we both have the NRA range safety officer. So I usually just, I don't know if it would help, but I'll throw my NRA uh, RSO card in there in my bag. Um, we both have the um, Florida, it's called a K license. It's an armed security, like to work as professional armed security. Um, we didn't apply for the government license yet, but we took the class, the classes and did the qualification and all that for security guard, professional security, and then uh, armed security. Um, I don't know if that would matter, but anyway, I just think in general, if there's some permission slips that you can show government people, um, they love that stuff. So I think that's a good idea. And insurance, I don't have insurance, but I've heard that's a good idea. I don't know much about it. Just wanted to bring that up. And I think I already talked about some of the state um, examples. Um, next thing I want to show you is uh, concealed carry. Um, this is the USS, uh, U, USCCA uh, map. So this app, um, just look up USCCA. Uh, they have a phone app, which is great to have when you're traveling. Uh, this is the web version that I'm showing here. I'm just going to make sure. Yep, it's showing good. You guys can see it. So when you bring this up, it'll be all black. And then you just click on your state. So I clicked on Florida. Uh, what it does, this is for concealed carry. Uh, green states are, you're fine. So because me and my girlfriend have a Florida concealed weapons license, uh, everywhere green we can carry. The ones that are yellow, we can carry with restrictions. Um, most, some of these off the top of my head that I know, like Tennessee, the restriction is you can't have Teflon ammo. Okay. No problem. Don't do that. Uh, I think Kentucky's the same. West Virginia is something about ammo. Um, some of these are, uh, magazine size. There's various other restrictions. So, um, the green ones are simple. Uh, the yellow ones just mean you have to check something out. Um, in general, pretty much all the yellow ones, uh, are, are fine to carry because I kind of do the, the uh, worst case scenario for what I bring. So don't bring ammo, bring a 10 round magazine. Uh, don't bring any kind of fancy ammo, bring regular old boring range ammo. Um, have, a, have a case with you just in case um, you, you need to go through it. So the, some of the states that are red here, Maryland, of course, DC, of course, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, um, the standard hit list. Uh, be careful there. And of course, the West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington. I don't actually even really, I don't know what the restrictions are there. I know they're, uh, they hate guns. They hate the whole concept that people can defend themselves. They hate the concept that if the government wanted to infringe on the right of the people, the people might be able to stop them. The whole point of the Second Amendment. So, yep, you don't see, uh, stay away from them. So anyway, driving, uh, like the example I brought, driving. Uh, we went through Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire. Uh, we went to Porkfest, the uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, the best thing to do is go around New Jersey if you can. I stopped and visited somebody, so we did actually stop there. But if you can go around New Jer Jersey, do so. Uh, it's a very common thing here in Florida that the snowbirds come down from the northeast. Um, Lots of people say, we go around New Jersey. We don't go through New Jersey. Um, there's multiple reasons to do that, I guess. Um, same for Connecticut, Massachusetts, easy to go around. New York's a tough one to drive through uh, because you can't go to Canada 
um, there's actually no way to drive uh, without going through New York. So uh, like I said earlier, uh, the way I handled it is to get up into Northeast Pennsylvania around here, uh, get gas, pee, get some snacks handy in the car, um, and then get on a highway. I have done some rural roads, but for highway, just kind of boogie through and then pop into this little spot in Vermont. It's only like two hours or so, three hours if you try to get over to here to do that. Uh, Maryland, uh, the last time I went through Maryland, see this little skinny part right here? That's like 15 minutes. So you can do like 15 minutes in Maryland. So when we went up this year, we took the ferries and bridges. Uh, this part's about, a, it's under an hour in Maryland. Um, it's it's no more than, you know, say 100, 150 miles from D.C. That's uncomfortably close to D.C., but um, if you kind of hold your breath and get by, uh, I'm fine with that. And we took the ferry to New Jersey. Uh, Delaware's fine. Uh, Delaware's actually kind of funny. There's like little green Delaware sitting in the middle of of all these red, uh, the red bastion of communist-run states. Um, I hope Delaware can hang on a little longer, but... Uh, the people that have been in charge, it's slowly getting more and more restrictive, I think. Um, anyway, uh, that's all I handed them, called to go around. Um, let's see, this, and so if you want to go more into a state, so like I said, you bring this up, you click on your state. This particular setup is if you have a concealed weapon license. So if I clicked on a different state, Kansas, um, uh, it'll show you where you're allowed to, the green is reciprocal, same kind of thing. I don't know anything about Kansas. Uh, looks like it's pretty good, a lot of reciprocals. Anyway, I'm going to go back to Florida. Um, so Florida, green, yellow. If you want to get into a state, I'm just going to pick one, say New Hampshire. Um, this also shows you the laws. So the next kind of step is, all right, how about the details? Like, can I carry in a vehicle? If it's a yellow state, what are the restrictions? Uh, this website or the app on the phone for traveling is handy. Uh, it's got all kinds of good information in it. Um, so here's a little summary. New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a good one because uh, New Hampshire is a shall issue permitless state. Um, basically, I mean, their law is if you're 18 and you're legally allowed to have a gun, then you can conceal carry or open carry. Um, you can go into a bar or restaurant. That's not restricted. Uh It'll have these things is a good thing to know. Is it a castle doctrine and a stand your ground state? Uh, do you have a duty to retreat? Um, I'm not going to get into what these are, but uh, people that are uh, have firearms probably know. This is a good thing to know uh, for every state you're in. Is it a castle doctrine state? Is it a stand your ground state where uh, you do not have a duty to retreat? Or is it a duty to retreat? Uh, for example, you know, New York, you have a duty to try to retreat if someone is attacking you. Um, you can't just stand there and stand your ground. Um, most states, New Hampshire is a standing ground. Florida is a standing ground. You can, you don't have to retreat. You can defend yourself, including if if you're in fear for your life. Uh, you can use lethal force to defend yourself, potentially lethal force. Um, anyway, uh, there's some good summaries. Then it gets into a nice chart here. Uh, you can look up, can you open carry? Uh, do they have permitless carry? Which um, you already know you can carry here because it's green. Um, then uh, age, um, weapons other than handguns. So this is common. Um, the handgun license doesn't allow you to carry uh, weapons other than handguns. Some places might allow you to carry a knife. Maybe the knife is up to four inches. 
um, tasers, stun guns, pepper spray. Um, that's a good one. Uh, I just as a side note, uh, don't fly with any kind of a sizable pepper spray. Um, in, in Montana, we did a lot of hiking, so, uh, they have a massive, I mean, everybody wears one on their belt. Uh, we each had one. Uh, you can't bring that out of the state by a plane. Um, it's something like 10 times the size of the maximum pepper spray you're allowed to even have in Florida. Uh, in Montana, they're all over the place because you don't want to go hiking without it. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm digressing a little, but yeah, having a nine millimeter on you hiking, um, which I might do depending on where I was, uh, don't try to shoot a bear with that, especially a grizzly bear. Uh, you got to be really in a bad situation. You probably just make the bear mad. Uh, better, Way better off with a big can of massive hiking Rocky Mountains type pepper spray. Um, but don't bring that on the plane. In Montana, when you check into the airport, we were in Kalispell, northwestern Montana. The signs about bear spray were bigger than the firearm ones. Like, don't bring bear spray into the plane. I think they're more worried about bear spray than, uh, than firearms there. Um, anyway, like I said, I digressed a bit. Uh, you can look up, um, the ammo restrictions. Uh, and then there's a whole chart here hear about vehicle, look up the vehicle, uh, roadside rest area. That's a fun one. You got to know whether you can carry or have it on you in a rest area. Sometimes some States, the state rest areas on the highway have a different rule than other places. That's why you want to avoid or go around the communist states or get through them. Uh, don't even stop at a rest area in New York, Massachusetts, for example. Um, then the state parks, I think I mentioned that. Yeah, I did mention that. Um, state parks, national, state forest, national forest. Oh, yeah, and wildlife management areas. They might be all different. Um, some states, you're fine in a national forest. The federal government maybe pushes out a little more. You can camp and you can carry in your campsite if you want open or concealed, depending on the place, but you can't even bring a gun into the state park, say. So be careful about that. Uh, and this app tells you all that stuff. A hotel, sometimes hotels are restricted, uh, storing a car. And then uh, this, this part of this table goes into key state laws, duty to inform, castle doctrine. Uh, do, they do they enforce no weapons allowed signs? Um, like I said earlier, if they have a sign, I just wouldn't go in, don't give me your money. Um, red flag law, that really only matters if you live there, probably. Um, brandishing. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of information if you go through a lot of states. So I'm just going to show you what I did. <clears throat> and um, doing this show made me finally type this up because the thing that I had would have been embarrassing to show you on Rebel Civics. I just had a scribbled thing on a blue line pad. But basically, yeah, if you want to stop the share for a second, I'm going to look so I can see. Sorry, I don't have this in a format to show easily. Um, but anyway, I made this form. I got all the states. So these are all states that I've gone to so far uh, with a firearm. And the first, first column is yes or no on concealed carry. So this is because me and my girlfriend have a Florida concealed weapons license. That's just a yes or no. Can you carry or not? Uh, some of them have details. So I have a comments. Then um, I have what I call the category here. I don't know how well you can see this, um, but I have a category. Uh, I have two categories. Don't stop and go around. And then blank. Blank means no problem. Stay overnight. Uh, don't stop means don't stay overnight. Uh, try not to stop for gas. Um, you say that's uh, Maryland, 
New York, uh, DC, if you had to go there, that's a, those are my don't stop category. Uh, then go around is even worse. If you can go around, um, excuse me, DC is a go around. Uh, New York's a don't stop because it would be a go around except for it's too big wide and you can't go around without going into, um, Canada or by boat. Uh, I wouldn't even count a plane. Um, I didn't mention planes, but planes, the same kind of thing. Um, in a, in a plane, I used to have, I had a plane for 10 years, by the way. Um, I wouldn't fly over New York, even if I didn't plan on stopping with a weapon that isn't allowed, that aren't allowed to have in New York. Or if I did, I'd have it in a safe as if I was driving through. Uh, that That's kind of the same as a boat. Sorry to digress this, but I forgot to put flying on the list. Um, I'm talking about private plane flying. Um, yeah, if I was if I was flying over New York uh, in a private plane flying myself, uh, I would put the firearm unloaded in a metal case and the ammo in a hard-sided lock container just in case I wanted to land. Maybe um, weather got bad or I had to pee or whatever, whatever the reason would be. Um, treat it the same as what I talked about with a boat. Uh, then I have uh, another column here I called carry-in vehicle. That's a, like a yes with notes. Um, so yes or no, like, uh, for example, Maryland, only unloaded lock compartment. Um, yes, no license needed. New York's basically, is, it's pretty much a no. Um, and I have notes, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to add a duty to retreat, duty to inform, and stand your ground and castle doctrine which is just kind of yes or no column. And the reason I did this is because, like I said, driving from here, we drove from here to New Hampshire, from Florida to New Hampshire, uh, up the coast, all the coastal states. Then we drove back west. We went, uh, we stopped and visited Beverly in western Pennsylvania. And then we went back down through West Virginia, Tennessee. Uh, we almost went in Kentucky, but not quite. Um, and we came back down that way. So there's a whole bunch of new states down there. So anyway, uh my girlfriend gets uh, tired of me doing this, but I'm like, no, we have to worry about this every state that we go into. So, um, yeah, just keep track, keep track of that. So that's what I do for that. Uh, boy, I'm really uh, going on and on here today, aren't I? Um, my my uh, screen is getting lighter. Um, I think I moved my camera a little. All right. Oh, sorry about that funny image there. I think it's the... Uh, that's funny. I have a green screen. That's how I get this cool background. Uh, basically, because what's behind me is would be a horrible thing to have in a show. Um, okay, I'm gonna uh, I'll boogie through what the rest of the stuff I want to talk about. Um, basically, is any of this lawful? And by lawful, I mean the the supreme, the top laws, which are the Constitution. So I'm gonna talk about federal constitution and state constitution. Um, you people that are tired of hearing me talk about the Constitution, you could drop out now because none of this has practical uh, applications for traveling right now. But it's interesting to follow. Um, one example is the recent New York uh, Supreme Court case uh, where they uh, overthrew or, or said New York isn't allowed to have their uh, super restrictive carry thing. So I'm just going to talk about a couple interesting court cases and I want to back up to the, the beginning. Actually, I should back up to the real beginning, which is the Second Amendment, of course. Everybody has their constitutions, right? Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to put some of these on the uh, as merch on the website. 
Anyway, Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, we all know uh, apparently Congress doesn't understand the shall not be infringed. They don't know what that means in English, um, but they twist the rest of the words. A well-regulated militia is one they'll twist because they don't know what a militia is. They don't know what arms are. Uh, they don't know what a right is. Um, I'll blast through these. Arms is from a legal dictionary at the time. Anything a man can carry or weareth to use to strike out at another. Um, that's pretty open. It includes shoulder-fired anti-tank missiles. Uh, certainly includes uh, automatic rifles. Um, shall not be infringed. A militia is all able-bodied people that aren't in the government. That's what a militia is. Uh, they meant a militia was key to a free state that the people are able to defend themselves. And the primary reason for this is to defend yourself against tyrannical government. So what they meant by this is that the people have the right to keep and bear uh, any arm that a soldier would have, certainly. Um, people had cannons at the time. So anyway, the easiest definition of arms to use to argue with people who are against that um, is the one about uh, anything a man can carry or weareth to strike out at another. And I use that one. Shall not be infringed. Okay, that's what it says. Uh, they don't care. This is a restriction on the federal government. So that's kind of where it starts. Um, that's the Constitution. So then, then we get into this problem of the Supreme Court gives us their opinion. So the first thing I was going to uh, just cover briefly, Heller. We hear this all the time. So if you want to share the screen again, please. Uh, District of Columbia v. Heller. Uh, this was a 2008 case. Um, it's the first time really that the Supreme Court said that the Second Amendment means that the individual has the right to have a weapon inside your home, outside of the militia. Um, so they're saying that the the the, the prefactory clause, the intro, um, when they talk about a militia, that that's not uh, the re the only reason you can have it. The reason that they had to get into this is because a lot of people claim the militia is the National Guard or some other thing like that. Um, actually, the militia is not the National Guard. In fact, somebody that's in the National Guard my view is they want to be part of the militia. They have to quit. They have a conflict of interest. Um, something like half of the troops deployed overseas are National Guard. Like the National Guard has completely lost the entire concept of militia, the way it's uh, run now and the amount of power that DC has and how the governors use them. Um, so no, that's not the militia. The militia is able-bodied people who, who train. So anyway, uh, Heller's an interesting case because it was about a DC guy. So it was a guy in DC uh, who objected to the concept that uh, D.C. did not allow uh, carrying a gun inside your house. So you couldn't even have a loaded gun. Um, it's illegal to carry a gun from your bedroom to your living room in D.C. in 2008. Um, that's clearly a Second Amendment case. Uh, the reason that I, uh, a, key, a key thing about this, it doesn't even really show up here, is that uh, the Second Amendment, no question, applies to D.C. because it's Congress that has the top legislative power 
in DC. You know, DC is a piece of the federal government. It's not a state. It's a reason it shouldn't be made a state. Totally object to the concept of making DC a state. Um, but there's no question within DC, the Second Amendment applies. Uh, the Supreme Court has jurisdiction. Congress can tell the city government they can't allow it. They can't do that. Uh, so this is a good case. They're saying that no, the city of DC is not allowed to tell people they can't have a loaded handgun inside the house. The guy was a cop too. It's kind of even, even funnier that the the, the heller that the, that they don't allow an off-duty cop to have a loaded weapon inside his house. Um, and I lived in D.C. for seven years. Uh, I didn't have a gun at the time, um, but now I don't think I'd want to live there learning what I know about D.C. Uh, without a firearm. Anyway, there's another aside. Uh, the next case is going to bring up. So, so that was the one the Supreme Court said, nope, the militia is not the reason. You don't have to be part of the National Guard, basically, is what they're really saying. Um, you don't have to be a member of any kind of organized militia to have the right to keep a, a firearm in your home. Uh, the next one that kind of along the same chain uh, a couple years later is this um, uh, McDonald v. City of Chicago. So uh, a lot of people probably know about Chicago. I know Beverly Beverly does. Uh, Chicago, basically, you're not allowed to do anything. Um, also, they have one of the highest murder rates per capita in the country, uh, mostly by firearms. So anyway, the uh, the Chicago case was the same kind of thing as Heller, um, you know, having a weapon inside your home, uh, but applying to the state. So the problem or the feature of Heller is Heller was about DC. No question that the Supreme Court Second Amendment applies there. You don't have to get into any of this incorporation part. The problem that I have with McDonald is that it's based on the 14th Amendment and the incorporation doctrine, where which is a made up thing of the Supreme Court that the Second Amendment applies to the states and the federal government is allowed to overrule state laws based on the 14th Amendment. Uh, there's two different ways that they argue this. The privileges and immunities clause um, uh, is, is one way. Uh, that's what the uh, original case was talked about, that the privilege and immunities clause of the 14th Amendment requires that the Second Amendment applies to state and local government. So the city of Chicago is subject to the Second Amendment. Uh, this is dangerous, but that is what they said. Um, the concurrent, the uh, dissent, one of the dissents here, this is interesting, even though you might disagree with John Paul Stevens on other things. Um, Stevens argued against this in a dissent. Uh, he's arguing against the principle of incorporation. So he, he's saying that no, the 14th Amendment doesn't mean that Heller uh, or the right or Second Amendment and the Heller decision applies to the city of Chicago. Uh, he objected. Now, I think uh, John Paul Stevens just wanted to ban guns and this was a handy way to do it. That was my two cents. Sorry to get into my opinion on that. But his opinion was that this is bogus because the Privileges and Immunities Clause doesn't say that. Um, but anyway, this McDonald case is generally treated um, that the states are not allowed to prevent you from having, say, a loaded handgun inside your home. Um, and I think most states don't restrict that too much, although they may do a lot of restrictions on what you actually are allowed to have. Uh, the next one's really recent. This was this year. 
uh, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. So this is the one uh, where New York, which basically no one's allowed to have a concealed weapon unless you're like a super important politician or you you know somebody. Um, that's the way the rules have been. Uh, it got thrown out by the Supreme Court. Again, they say it's a 14th Amendment violation. Uh, they talk about the um, the privileges and, and immunities clause. Uh, an, another way they argue that it's the uh, the proper cause requirement. So uh, that 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 you that a state cannot require um, proper cause to have a, a weapon to carry a weapon, uh, which New Jersey has, uh, New York has, I think Massachusetts has that, and basically they don't issue any carry permits. Um, a little aside, I used to work in Camden, New Jersey, um, which at the time I was there had the highest murder rate per capita for a small city in the United States. And I naively thought I should um, get a firearm because I worked late a lot and came out in this basically disaster area kind of a place. Um, but yeah, I went in thinking I could uh, buy a, a gun and carry it. And the, the, the cop was, he was sort of nice, but he basically was amused by me, laughed at me like, no, you can't do that in New Jersey. Uh, and you couldn't, you can in New York either. There's a funny uh, John Stossel video where John Stossel tried to get a concealed carry permit in New York City. Um, they wouldn't give one to him. So anyway, the, the just cause uh, that, like, say, New Jersey has, New York had, is that you have to present a reason. Uh, and just general self-defense, they did not consider a reason. So that got thrown out by the Supreme Court under the 14th Amendment. They're saying that because of the 14th Amendment, the Second Amendment is incorporated on the states. Um, this, uh, a lot of people like, you see all these NRA folks and everybody's like hooting and hollering, this is a great thing. Um, no, this is not a great thing at all. I, I hate this. Uh, I think uh, these guys are wrong. Uh, the 14th Amendment doesn't overrule the state uh, government on this. Um, this is dangerous because what it does is it's saying that the federal government runs the states, has power of the states. Uh, if the during the ratification conventions, if the people thought the Second Amendment would be used this way, uh, I think the the union would have never happened. I think it's likely that if they even considered this concept that these guys use now all the time, that the federal government has the power to do this, uh, they would have said no. We're not we're not joining the union. Um, anyway, I'm going to do a show on the incorporation doctrine, but that's what these are based on. And the 14th amendment is just, is stretched so far beyond what originally meant by all this. So I'm going to close by just talking about this, uh, the state constitutions. Um, when you talk about constitution, almost always people are talking about the U S constitution, but you know, what matters in a thing like this is your state constitution. So I want to just talk about the Florida one. So the Florida one, um, 1885 uh, version is the one we have now. It was heavily modified in 68. Uh, the original was uh, 1839 um, when state of Florida joined the union. Um, they had that constitution from 1839. I have a note on it. 1861, which is when uh, Florida left the union um, and, be, and joined the uh, Confederate States of America. So the, the original constitution was 1839 to 1861. That one, I, I don't think much of that is left. Then the 1885 version, uh, after Florida lost the war, um, 
for Southern Independence. Uh, that's the one we use right now. Anyway, what I was going to talk about, and when people talk about whether or not you have the right to keep and bear arms in Florida, they start talking about the Second Amendment rights. They're like, don't talk about the Second Amendment. I don't care about that. That don't matter. Don't even argue it. It requires arguing that the 14th Amendment means that the Second Amendment applies to the states, local, and city governments. And I don't even want to go there. That's a horrible argument. Um, just go look at your your uh, state constitution. So Florida Article 1, Section 8 says, the right of the people to keep and bear arms in defense of themselves and the lawful authority of the state shall not be infringed, except that the manner of bearing arms may be regulated by law. So what this says is that the Florida legislature uh, is allowed to pass regulations on how you carry. So, for example, in Florida, it is constitutional that the um, state government requires you to conceal carry a handgun and not open carry. Unless you're fishing, but then I digress. That's a little quirk of Florida law. If you're fishing, you can open carry. Uh, it's a funny one. There's a, a, a short little story. There's a guy in Florida who uh, goes around and pushes that one. He's, he's hilarious. Um, he just he has a fishing license and fishing gear and tackle and a rod. And he walks around open carrying and just trolls the cops because most cops don't know. Uh, it's pretty funny. But anyway, um, sorry about that digression. Um, it doesn't say that Florida is allowed to have a concealed weapon license program. Uh, it doesn't allow the legislature to mean that you have to have a slip of paper to carry. So that's uncons unconstitutional. Florida's concealed carry law is unconstitutional by the Florida Constitution. So I'm going to be specific here. I'm talking about the state constitution. Um, Mike Meharry of the 10th Amendment Center has a great line. He says, if you got a problem, don't call D.C. Call Tallahassee. Call your state government. So I use that all the time. Like, no, nah, call Tallahassee. Uh, the rest of this stuff, this is a three-day mandatory waiting period. This got added in, <coughs> excuse me, 1991. That's not in the original 1885 Constitution. All this stuff about a three-day waiting period for a handgun, except for holidays, blah, 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 91. Um, that's what all the rest of this is. Uh, and if you have a Florida exempts people with a concealed weapon license for that. So that doesn't apply to me. Um, anyway. Uh, that's the uh, the state government. So call your state. Like, don't call D.C. if you have a problem with this. I don't like the 14th Amendment stuff. I don't like that incorporation doctrine theory uh, because it's wrong is the main reason I don't like it. Um, and it's also actually the main reason is that it's dangerous. So the point of dangerous, I'm just going to close with this to say that uh, this New York case where the Supreme Court says that New York's not allowed to do that. If you support that, then you're supporting the Supreme Court telling New York that they have to do it. It's the same question. Does D.C. have the authority to tell the state that they can't infringe on the right to the bear arms or that they have to infringe on the right to bear arms, keep and bear arms? Uh, so to me, the you know Federal Firearms Act of 1934 and the Undetectable Firearms Act requiring metal and every piece of federal legislation that restricts the right to keep and bear arms is unconstitutional. And the best way to handle that is to use the state constitutions. Um, all right, you can shut off the share screen. So 
Yeah, check out your state constitutions. Uh, New Jersey, for example, it's one of the few states that doesn't have the right to keep and bear arms. So when people argue about New Jersey, um, I say, well, the New Jersey constitution doesn't have the right to keep and bear arms in it. So yeah, New Jersey is allowed to not let you carry. Uh, it's constitutional in New Jersey for the New Jersey government to not let you carry. Uh, and I don't live there. I don't live there anymore. Um, it's run by communists. I'd rather not live there. Uh, I wouldn't want to live in North Korea either. Not to, not to conflate those two. It's not quite as bad as North Korea. Um, but yeah, the people in North Korea have the right to keep and bear arms. The government infringes on it quite a bit, but the right predates government. Um, the Second Amendment and Florida's Article One, Section 8, they just recognize that the right exists. Rights don't come from the government. So I think we'll 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 end on that. Uh, be careful out there. Um, so again, this is a trade-off question. You're trading off self-defense from criminals versus versus self-defense from government. And again, I repeat myself. Thanks for watching. I'll see you all next time. I'm going to check out. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. It would be better for your health if you forgot what you just heard. That should be easy for someone of your intelligence. The following co-conspirators are hereby ordered to watch CNN. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. If you think about it, only government-sanctioned experts should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.